0: Hello, this is Helga Edwards, and I'm here with my husband Bob. Today, we'll be reading Genesis chapter 26, verses 1 to 11, from the International Standard Version of the Bible. Beginning at verse 1. Later on, a famine swept through the land. This famine was different from the previous famine that had occurred earlier during Abraham's lifetime. So Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, at Gerar. That's when the Lord appeared to Isaac. You are not to go down to Egypt, he said. Instead, you are to settle down in an area within this land where I'll tell you. Remain in this land and I'll be with you and bless you by giving all these lands to you and to your descendants in fulfillment of my solemn promise that I made to your father Abraham. I'll cause you to have as many descendants as the stars of the heavens, and I'll certainly give all these lands to your descendants. Later on, through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will bless one another. I'm going to do this because Abraham did what I told him to do. He kept my instructions, commands, statutes, and laws. So Isaac lived in Gerar. Later on, the men of that place asked about his wife. So he replied, she's my sister, because he was afraid to call her my wife. He kept thinking, otherwise the men around here will kill me on account of Rebekah, since she's very beautiful. After he had been there a while, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out through a window and saw Isaac caressing his wife Rebecca. So Abimelech called Isaac and confronted him. She is definitely your wife, he accused him, so why did you claim she's my sister? Isaac responded, Because I have thought, otherwise I'll die on account of her. What have you done to us? Abimelech asked. Any minute now, one of the people could have had sex with your wife, and you would have caused all of us to be guilty. So he issued this order to everyone. Whoever touches this man or his wife is to be executed. Here ends our reading of Genesis 26, verses 1 to 11. Those that fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Words to this effect have been spoken repeatedly throughout the ages by world leaders and philosophers. In Genesis chapter 12, Abraham feared that Pharaoh and the Egyptians would kill him and take his wife Sarah because she was so beautiful. Abraham encouraged Sarah to deceive the Egyptians by saying that she was merely his sister. As a result of this deception, Pharaoh became angry with Abraham and sent him away. In Genesis chapter 20, Abraham feared that Abimelech and the Philistines would kill him and take his wife Sarah because she was so beautiful. Abraham deceived the Philistines by telling them that Sarah was merely his sister. As a result of this deception, there was strife between Abraham and Abimelech. In Genesis chapter 26, we see that Isaac did not learn from his father Abraham's mistakes. Isaac was also afraid that Abimelech and the Philistines would kill him and take his wife Rebekah because she was so beautiful. Isaac, like his father Abraham, deceived the Philistines, insisting that Rebekah was his sister and not his wife. Fear and deception once again led to strife and distrust abraham and isaac acted out of fear and false expectations they viewed the egyptians and philistines as people who were likely to commit murder so that they could then commit adultery abraham and isaac also thought that the beauty of their wives would drive men to engage in criminal conduct they were wrong much can be learned from their mistakes when abimelech asked abraham why he had deceived him This was Abraham's response. I thought that there is no fear of God in this place. Abraham's assumption was incorrect. God spoke to Abimelech in a dream, as we read in Genesis 20 verse 3. But God came to Abimelech in a dream during the night and spoke to him, Pay attention, you're about to die because the woman you have taken is a man's wife. When Abimelech learned that he might have committed adultery even by accident, this was his response to Abraham, What have you done to us? How have I sinned against you, that you have brought such a great sin against me and my kingdom? Though Abraham did not know it, Abimelech did fear God. He held God in reverence and took God's law against infidelity seriously. He also had no intention of murdering Abraham. Even after discovering that he had been deceived by the person he had shown hospitality to, this was Abimelech's response in Genesis 20 verses 14 to 15. So Abimelech took some sheep and oxen and some male and female servants, gave them to Abraham, returned his wife Sarah to him and said, Look, my land is available to you, so settle wherever you please. Isaac also had a false expectation. He assumed that the men of Gerar would murder him on account of his wife's beauty. When Abimelech asked him why he had lied, this was Isaac's response. I had thought, otherwise, I'll die on account of her. Abimelech had no intention of committing adultery with Rebekah, and he had no intention of murdering Isaac. In fact, he issued a decree that no one in his kingdom was to harm either of them. Isaac did not give the men of Gerar enough credit. He did not think that they could say no to any sinful inclinations they might have in the presence of a beautiful woman.
1: Too often, false assumptions like those held by Abraham and Isaac have influenced the church's treatment of quote-unquote unreached peoples and women. Christian missions to unfamiliar lands have often assumed that indigenous peoples had no knowledge of God or God's ways. This assumption has proved false. In the early 1800s, for example, a 17-year-old Cherokee woman named Catherine Brown, daughter of Yanu Gung Yaskai and Tsalu, poignantly illustrated the many symbolic similarities between her native beliefs and those of the Christian faith. It has wrongly been assumed that it was the church's responsibility to quote-unquote civilize indigenous peoples. As a result of this assumption, Christ's message of love and redemption was confused with European cultural norms like industrialization, materialism, commercialization, and patriarchy. The indigenous peoples of North America were devastated by a European sense of cultural superiority and a deep-seated fear of the other. Fearing what was different and not understood, European governments attempted to transform indigenous peoples into a mirror image of themselves. The harm that resulted from this practice is incalculable. Fear has historically played an important role in patriarchy as well the architects of patriarchal tradition within the church had a deep-seated fear of women. More specifically, patriarchal theologians like Origen, St. Augustine, and Jerome feared their own emotional responses to women. Origen equated femininity with the evils of quote unquote, the flesh. Augustine viewed feelings of attraction as evidence of indwelling sin and Saint Jerome praised women who hid their femininity so that he could relate to them as men. For all of these men, keeping women out of sight and out of mind was viewed as the path to spiritual purity. This false ideology has devastated women for millennia. It has also given men the false impression that they cannot say no to sexual impulses even with the help of God. Imagine what it must be like to be told that you must not be seen or heard lest you, quote-unquote, cause men to stumble. Too many women don't need to imagine this. It is a part of their daily lives. The mission of the Church is not to impose flawed human cultural norms onto others. The mission of the Church is not to silence and subjugate women. The mission of the Church is to love others, as Christ has loved us, as we read in John 13:34 and 35. The message of the Church is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, as we read in 2 Corinthians 5.19. This message must not be confused with fallen cultural norms that have historically been used to oppress others. May God grant us wisdom and humility to learn from the mistakes of the past so that we will not be doomed to repeat them again.